Return to the Service of Morning Prayer, page 101. The Lord be with you. Beloved in Christ, we come together to offer to Almighty God our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness, to hear his holy word proclaimed, to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world, and to pray that in the power of his Spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbor in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. By what we have done and by what we have failed to do, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We stand. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning we're going to say the psalm and the canticles. And there is some benefit in that because I think very often when we're listening to the choir leading us and they're singing the psalm and the canticles, we're maybe listening to the music, but we're not concentrating on the words. And this gives us an opportunity to do the latter this morning as we read those words together. Many of you will know that the longest psalm is 119, and we're going to say together verses 105 to 112. Your word is a lantern to my feet and a light upon my path. I have sworn and will fulfill it to keep your righteous judgments. I am troubled above measure. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept the freewill offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My soul is ever in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your commandments. Your testimonies have I claimed as my heritage forever, for they are the very joy of my heart. I have applied my heart to fulfill your statutes, always, even to the end. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. 
Please sit for the reading of the Old Testament. We have been hearing over recent weeks how God blessed Abraham for his faith. And for a while, all seems well as God's will is worked out first through a son and now the birth of grandsons. But God's eternal good purpose constantly suffers setbacks through human selfishness and deceit, not least within a family. The Old Testament reading is from Genesis chapter 25, verses 19 to 34. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padam Aram, sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. The children struggled within her, and she said, If it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. One shall be stronger than the other, the elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy mantle, so they named him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out with his hands gripping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore he was called Edom. Jacob said, First sell me your birthright. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we're going to say together the canticle we call Jubilate on page 104. Mm -hmm. 
We stand. Oh, shout to the Lord, triumph all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his face with songs of joy. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his holy name. For the Lord is good, his loving mercy is forever, his faithfulness throughout all generations. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Please sit for the reading from the New Testament. God's presence and God's word are broadcast everywhere, like seed falling in every kind of soil and climate. To you it has been given to hear and understand and be fruitful. The New Testament reading is from Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depths of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Now we're going to say the other canticle appointed this morning, the song of Isaiah. It's on page 132. Would you stand, please? Surely God is my salvation. 
I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call his name. Make known his deeds among the nations, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be ever acceptable in your sight. Amen. First, the farmer sows the seed. Then he stands and takes his ease, stamps his feet, claps his hands, and turns around to view the land. When I was teaching in preschool, this song about growing oats and beans and barley was one of our favourites. I'm not sure if it's one that you recognise. There's another farmer planting seeds in the lesson that I just read this morning from the 13th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, the parable of the sower. This is a story that, unlike that song, is most likely familiar to us. Jesus told his listeners, a farmer was sowing seed on his land. Some fell on the path and was eaten by birds. Some landed on rocks and started to grow, but without secure roots, the plants quickly withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and when they grew, the young shoots were choked by the weeds. But the remainder of the seed fell on fertile soil, producing a significant crop. And then we hear the explanation of that parable, as Jesus helps us learn more about the kingdom of God. The seed is God's word, planted in the hearts of those who hear it. Some people, when they hear and receive God's word, fail to act upon it. Some people, initially respond positively, but their enthusiasm fades when they encounter stress or challenge. Others hear and respond, but are choked by the demands of the secular world and are unable to thrive. Some people hear the word of God and it grows in their hearts, influencing their everyday lives as their faith matures. And so we understand that although the same seed has been sown, it grows with varying success depending on the quality of the ground it lands in. And so God's word and message is constant, but yet is received differently by those who hear it. So that what then do we learn from this familiar story. 
Whenever we hear and receive the unchanging Word of God, the message holds true. But depending on our current circumstances and personal well-being, there may be a difference in our response to it. Soil needs to be nourished, refreshed, and cared for to remain fertile. And so to prevent our faith from withering away or not taking root, we need to continue to cultivate our hearts to be good ground. And this will enable our faith to deepen and grow and thus strengthen our personal relationship with Christ. But how do we do that? Well, perhaps we need to distance ourselves from things that distract us from God, ensuring we put Him first. Perhaps we need to refocus and reprioritize some of the demands on our time. Perhaps we need to take some time out for rest and refreshment. Perhaps we need to recommit to learning more about God through reading our Bibles and coming to church where we can share fellowship with other Christians and encourage each other. And we can also then come forward to be nourished by the heavenly food of Christ's body and blood at a communion service. And we should spend time communicating with God in prayer, asking him to open our hearts to receive and nourish his word. And as the word of God bears fruit in our lives and our relationship with him is strengthened, we then bear witness to this through our interactions with others, in turn sowing the seed of God's word with those whom we meet. We want others to see Christ in us through how we live our lives. We want others to see the growth of God's words evidenced through our thoughts, words and actions, our values, our attitudes, our behaviours. We want to see and nurture the growth of Christ's kingdom here on earth. And so we pray. Lord, may your word so take root in our hearts, growing and multiplying, so that in faith we may walk the path before us. May you, Lord, be glorified in our lives so that others will see you in us. Amen. It seems very appropriate that after the address, we're encouraged to make a, a, a collective um, affirmation of faith in the words of either the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. So we stand at this point, and the words of the Apostles' Creed, page 112. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. 
He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again, judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. O Lord, save the King. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. O God, make clean our hearts within us. The appointed prayer for this day and week. Merciful God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as pass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us in all the sorts of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your protection, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we humbly pray that your Holy Spirit may so guide and govern us that in all the cares and occupations of our daily life we may never forget your presence, but may remember that we are always walking in your sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so we continue in prayer. Lord God, we thank you that many of our congregation, including our Rector John, will take opportunity for holiday and rest over these summer months. Mindful of climate concerns and busy travel, we pray that you will watch over them and that they will return to us safely. May each of us, whatever our circumstances, find some time to take our rest in you. And we pray for all those who have limited leisure opportunities. Refresh them in the midst of their work. We know, Lord, you will not turn anyone away. Help us all to find moments to reach out to you. Amen. Lord God, we pray for all who are finding life difficult, for those who are lonely, afraid, ill or stressed. We ask that you would draw close to every one of them. Let them know their special place in your heart 
and grant to each of them your peace. Give rest at your feet to the weary and look with compassion on all who need your healing touch. We pray especially for all on our parish prayer list and for all who are bereaved. In a moment of silence, Lord, we bring before you those known to us in need of your loving care. Amen. Lord God, we all can see the tension and stress across our world, and our hearts ache for all those caught up in so many difficult circumstances. Help us to remember that our words and actions should always reflect our faith in you. In an ever-changing political and economic climate, we pray for those with influence and responsibility for global decision-making, that they may always seek solutions that are according to your will. Restore in them a right vision and sense of priorities. We pray for the so many people struggling with the rising cost of living and pray that our response to others may be generous and compassionate. Amen. Lord God, we give you thanks for the many opportunities you have provided for us. This morning, we thank you for all involved in the restructuring of our church building. We thank you for those who help facilitate our worship here in the hall. We praise you, Lord, for who you are and what you do and provide for us. May your word continue to grow in our hearts and bear fruit in our lives. In your name, Lord, we offer these and all our prayers. Amen. Now, all of us join together again in singing this time the hymn, Almighty God, Your Word is Cast, number 378. Let us pray. We look ahead now to the week to come, the opportunities, the challenges that may lie ahead, 
We pray for strength in all circumstances. We pray for Gerald, for Peter, and for all who are awaiting news. Go forth from this place in peace. And the Lord bless you and keep you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit remain with you now and always. Amen. The hymn, And Can It Be That I Should Gain, 218 in the hymnal.
Thanks from one another to all who contributed to worship this morning. If I can single out this week, perhaps David and Alan, because uh, they are responsible for the audio system, and that, I hope, ensures that people outside this hall will be able to hear this service and gain, I trust, the same encouragement as the rest of us. So now, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.